Hello, my fantastical people. This is Zane Calamander here, and welcome to my Potter Diary. This is an unofficial Harry Potter podcast where I break down each chapter from each book. I will discuss my favorite moments, favorite quotes, point out important details, and random Harry Potter-related talks. So, without further ado, let's get started. Today, I will be talking about the second chapter of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and the title is called The Vanishing Glass. But before I do all that, before I do my whole breakdown, I want to introduce some uh, segments uh, before the show, so it's not just me doing a bit of summary, it's about uh, some random Harry Potter talk. So, I will introduce the Daily Prophet, and the Daily Prophet is uh, any Harry Potter news that I found recently and I wanted to share with y'all. So, if you are a Harry Potter fan, and if you're interested in some Harry Potter news, uh, here's a segment for you. So recently, J.K. Rowling, according to, um, see, um, and it's, uh, I forgot, is it, I forgot the, uh, CSNBC, sorry, um, one of the articles that I found is J.K. Rowling says young people, people should avoid visiting or volunteering in orphanages when they go traveling. So let me pull up the article really quick and, um. Yeah, I just need to find the article really quick. Recently, uh, she has been, uh, she was talking to her foundation. I think it was, uh, I'm not so sure which foundation it was. But again, let me pull it up really quick. Do, 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 do. Oh, uh, CNBC, sorry. And this was posted four hours ago. And let me just read some, um,. Let me just read some excerpts right here. And she says, um, Rowling was speaking at the uh, 2019 One Young World Summit in London on Thursday to launch a new campaign, Helping Not Helping, by her children's charity Lumos. The charity named after the light-giving spell from her books was founded in 2005. Um, Let's see. So the campaign aims to challenge attitudes towards orphanages, tourism, and volunteering, which she said was driving family separation and put children at risk of neglect and abuse. Rowling explained that in some cases, orphanages were set up to exploit children in using them as bait for foreign donations and volunteer ex- and a volunteer experience. Uh, with with the money going into pockets of those running these institutions, don't volunteer in orphanages, she said, adding that young people should also not visit these institutions. Please don't give your time to propping up a system that knows that uh, no, uh, no does real harm. If young people did have money to give when they traveled, Rowling advised them to give it to local businesses as this better help communities. Rowling also urged people to do um, their diligence when considering supporting a charity product. So overall, it's basically if you have the money support local businesses don't go all this travel and like you know to these organizations yes it can um some people might think it's a good cause but at the same time 
these donations we don't know for sure are where we're putting our money at because uh, it may just go to the um, the organization and we don't know how much of that profit goes to the children or how much that goes to the organization for example um, I can't believe I'm mentioning this if you know 1877 cars for kids <laughs> so here's a rumor um, I'm not so sure, but there has been rumors that 44% actually goes to the organization to help the children. Other, the other percentage of these donations would go to their sister, um, their sister or uh, institution, URA, I believe. So, the thing about these campaigns, these organizations, yes, sometimes it can be helpful, like you know. In theory, and especially fundraisers, or like when rich people have like these fundraisers, whatnot. But the problem is, are they actually using that money into good use? And that is the problem. So, I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not again. I'm not so sure if this is true um, about these organizations. If they are actually trying to help, that's good. But at the same time, I could tell that J.K. Rowling. Uh, does not have a lot of faith and of course orphanages in these types of st- um, especially in these in her stories when it because Harry Potter uh, uh, lost his parents and living under you know uh, abusive families and neglect you know there's a lot of themes you know relating to the situations right now and the stories so yeah that is what i have for the daily prophet and you can find that article on cnbc cnbc just search harry potter and then click on news on google and you could find that um he could find that article about jk rowling so yeah anyways moving on to the spell of the day and i'm just actually gonna go alphabetically or whatever i'm just gonna go down the list and one spell i found was aberto and that does sound like a name but um the type of spell it's a charm and the pronunciation is aberto so like it's a bear toe and the description is a spell used to open doors so alohomora is not the only spell you can use um i'm not sure how um the way it opens actually no no never mind never mind i think the way this is open doors i think it's more of like making things easier like opening doors by itself um alohomora is more like um is more like an unlocking spell so i think there there's the difference aberto i think it's just like oh i'm just kind of too a- too lazy to open the door so they use aberto hmm you know what? i might I, I might add that to uh one of my stories just to make things easier for uh for witches and wizards so yeah that is the spell of the day here's a fun fact about hogwarts uh, school of witchcraft and wizardry so it's actually seven stories high and there's like 142 staircases throughout the many towers and and turrets within the deep um and very deep dungeons of course and it was built around the uh middle ages uh the year ni- 993 and this is not um uh, and this is after bc and uh they did not mention a the name of the wizard architect and but they did celebrate uh the most celebrated wizards of the age and you have godric gryffindor helga hufflepuff raven rowena ravenclaw and salazar slytherin so 
So now I know that it was taking place during this time around the Middle Ages at 19, uh, not 19, 993. I think I might have to adjust some things in my, uh, in my books. Um, and this is more of fact checking, uh, checking and when is the time like the book uh, I mean the castle got started but I did not know it was seven stories I really did not know that and I always stumble on how many staircases but there's 142 I gotta keep that in mind because in um, in Dumbledore's army which is the club at my college they mentioned this this has this has been a uh, trivia question that always comes to mind and i never got the answer for i always thought it was like 172 but it was like 142 staircases so that is something i will keep that in mind all right so before i get into the main meat of this episode i want to mention my potter tales and or you could still call it my uh, my potter diary this is like the uh, this is the the reason why I call it my Potter diary is because I want to add some a little bit of stories of Harry Potter moments in my life that I want to share. And here's a quick thing: um, in kindergarten, in kindergarten, I actually wore my Gryffindor robes to school. And uh, as you can tell, I'm actually if you can if you cannot tell, sorry, I'm 23 years old. And when I was five, or I think five or six, I wore my Gryffindor robes. And that's how early I was a fan. But the thing is, this wasn't, it wasn't Halloween. <laughs> it wasn't Halloween where I, when I wore the robes, I had the glasses, I had the, uh, <laughs> I had the, uh, robes. But then again, they did not, um, punish me for, um, for dress code violation they just let me wear it and i was so glad that i did that but the only thing is i'm not a gryffindor um i wish i i growing up i wish i was but eventually i just embraced my um my roots as a hufflepuff and i i'm not ashamed of that uh I've been a Hufflepuff for a long time. I just did not know that. Um, I guess that explains uh, <laughs> my me wanting to eat a lot and me being too nice, or at least I, I noticed that for myself, being a little bit naive. But also, I try to show a lot of loyalty to my friends. So yeah, that is uh, that is a quick uh, Harry Potter diary moment. And now I'm gonna go on to the the main meat of this podcast the uh me describing the epi- not the episode sorry the uh, chapter two of harry potter and the sorcerer's stone so once again i am basing off this of the scholastic um version of harry potter and the sorcerer's stone but if uh if y'all have different versions of the book that's okay you can probably just catch up with me and i'm just gonna go with a quick summary so this has been 10 years after when harry um was placed on the doorstep of the dursley's house and one day it was harry uh it's dudley's uh 11th birthday and time for him to like you know go to the zoo with his friend uh with his friends but mrs fig broke her foot or broke her leg and Harry um, has been 
was given no other choice but to go to the zoo, which was good and bad for Harry because Harry wanted to go outside, but at the same time, he did not want to deal with his other family. So, um, and of course, and of course, Harry let loose a snake at the zoo <laughs> and Harry gets blamed for it. So that is the quick summary of the chapter, but I'm going to mention some of my, um, I'm going to mention some, uh, the difference between the books and the movies. So, um, before I get started, let me just cut this off really quick. Sorry, I'm just like working with my notes. I have this, I have my notes on, uh, on a separate phone. Yeah, I have a separate phone just to, um, use at home. Um, but anyways, the first thing I found was Dudley is actually blind, and this is on page 18. Hair, uh, Dudley, of course, he got the blonde hair from his mother, and, and of course, in, in the movies, Dudley has black hair, so that is, like, the main difference that I found. Also, Harry has been getting so much of these dreams, seeing green light, and, you know, uh, what's it called? He doesn't remember a car crash, really, but he imagines himself on flo- uh, flying motorcycles, which is the motorcycle that Hagrid rode to deliver Harry. He's been getting these dreams. However, this was not addressed in the movies. It's more of like, oh, this is just another dream, but it's not really addressed. Also, People wonder, like, if they watch the movies first, of why Harry's clothes are so baggy. It's because those are Dudley's old clothes. And the reason why he has tape on his glasses is because Dudley punches him so much. That is why his glasses broke. So it was a bit confusing for me when I watched the film. where Because um, there were some things were um, not explained. Uh, oh, another difference. Here's another difference. The scar on his um, on his forehead was supposed to be a lightning-shaped bolt, but again, we have like the letter N on Harry's you know forehead in the movies, but it was like it's a weird kind of scar. Um, it wasn't like a lightning bolt, um, more like a letter N. But then again, that's like that's just me, like a little nitpick in the books, in the books are like the, you know the cover art. There's more zigzags, uh, like it's more like a lightning bolt, but I guess they wanted to make the lightning more bolt more, uh, I guess, believable or, um, oh, I can, I can believe that is a beauty mark or some sort. Also, another thing, Harry's hair grows so fast. And that's not addressed in the movies <laughs> because... Um, if you noticed, from from movies one through four, Harry has been like you know just keep growing his hair really. Um, but in in the fifth film, in the Order of the Phoenix, he cut his hair very short and it did not grow back. Of course, they cannot explain that in the you know in the in the movies. That is um, that is like the main difference. But that's the one thing that um, that is so different from the books is a Harry, a Harry's hair grows so fast. Um, also, we were introduced to Mrs. Fig in the first book. 
Mrs. Fig wasn't introduced into the movies until until the um, until the fifth fifth movie. But yeah, and um, uh, I'm just gonna point out some other things as well. Uh, also, the mention of Aunt Marge was uh, came in very early. There, this is when Petunia is trying to figure out where should they uh, drop off Harry when Dudley and the family go to the zoo. But unfortunately, they just had to bring they just had to bring him along. But the biggest difference of this chapter and the books is Pierce Polkus, and this is one of Dudley's friends, he also went to the zoo with Harry and the Dursleys, and of course he was also there to bully Harry as well. So it's not only Dudley who fell into the snake container at the zoo, it was also Pierce as well, you know, being attacked, um, you know, by the snakes. Another thing, uh, other things that they mentioned in the books that weren't in the, uh, in the movies was not only his hair, but when Petunia wants to put Harry on, on a sweater that he doesn't like, the sweater also, for some reason, becomes small, and of course, he just ends up on the roof, uh, for some, for some bizarre reason, so they're just giving some examples. Of course, they cannot explain everything in the movies, of course, they had to cut things short, but I'm just addressing some of the differences. Also, the snake in, uh, the snake, uh, the boa constrictor in the, in the movie was, um, Harry just discussed, like, oh, you're from Burma, aren't you? But in the books, it was says, like, Brazil. So, so when, uh, but I'm not sure if this is, um, a difference between the Scholastics and the other version, the UK version. I'm not so, I'm not entirely sure if uh, if Burma was mentioned or Brazil. I, I I don't know, but both um but in the books and the movies they still mention that both bred in captivity. Another thing that I noticed was, and this is something uh, that the movie added, when the glass disappeared in the books it did not reappear, but in the but in the movie the glass reappeared and Dudley cannot get out and I think that's like the charm of the magic or that's what makes it so funny is like you know once the glass is gone and it, it reappeared like nothing happened which is really funny um also um, let's see oh also there was mentions of Harry meeting other wizards before meeting Hagrid was basically when he was younger, he and Opportuna was walking down the street, and then little wiz like you know, wizards were shaking his hand or saying hello. It's like um like he was exposed to those type of um he was exposed to wizards at a young age without knowing why. Um without knowing that he was actually famous. And um, that is some things that he wanted to explain. Now, the, that is all the uh, big differences that I found. I know that's a long list, but those are the, some of the things that I wanted to point out. But I will want to share some of my um, favorite moments slash favorite quotes. And one of them is on page 24. And, and here it is. Let's see. Uh, once on Petunia, tired of Harry coming back from the barbers looking as though he hadn't been at all, 
had a taken had taken pair of kitchen scissors and cut his hair so short he was almost bald except for his bangs, which she left to hide the horrible scar. Dudley had laughed himself silly at Harry, who spent a sleepless night imagining the school next day where he has already laughed at for his baggy clothes and tape glasses. Now, I can only imagine <laughs> what that should look like. Imagine having that st a stupid haircut where your the the bangs are like a giant mustache. <laughs> I can only imagine what that looks like. I mean, of course his hair is going to grow back, but just to be bald and having only that. What's worse? What's worse? Having a full head of hair but you wanted to cover the scar. Now he's going to be teased at for being bald and having a giant mustache for bangs. So I don't know what her thinking is. I really don't. Well, like, what's, how can she think that that type of haircut is much better than just having long hair? I think that just makes him more normal than having, like, a... <laughs> I bet he looks like a horse's butt. Oh, I'm so... Oh, wow. I have this weird mind of myself. Also, another favorite moment was, um, let's see, it's when Harry was on the roof, uh, at school, and the only explanation that they thought, like, in terms of muggle thinking, Harry supposed that the wind might have caught him in mid-jump. Now, that just goes to show that he's really, like, if... If that's what people think, or if that's what he thinks, then he is really skinny, like a plastic bag or a leaf. If that is gonna gonna be his explanation of why he ended up on the roof. I just find that very hilarious. Um, just those two moments. I think there were funny moments. There's not a lot of, like, oh, this makes me think and whatnot. This is just a funny segment that I uh, find funny funny segment that I found interesting, especially <laughs> Harry's haircut. But I will mention some of the significance about this chapter, and one of the things that I found was when Harry met the wizards, and but not knowing why, or why they would actually, you know, uh, why they would be friendly to him. Of course, being famous without knowing you are famous, it's, um, I can't, uh, it's hard to imagine that kind of a life, really, where people know who you are, and yet you don't. Like, you know, there was a classic line in uh, the first movie, uh, where Ron was talking to Harry, I'm telling you, it's spooky, she knows more about you than you do, and then Harry says, well, who doesn't? And it's like, you know, it's just a classic Harry Potter line. Another thing... Uh, significant about this book is this is the first introduction to Harry's magical abilities and this is the first time we would actually see that um, it's not like oh I was the cause of this but just something happened you know all these things he doesn't know why things are like you know these special things are happening to him or like you know oh I've done this I have magical powers no he did not he did not think that. He just thought that weird things are happening to him or like bad luck. He thought of it was mostly bad luck instead of magic. And lastly, and this is the most important thing, 
when Harry is talking to the boa constrictor and the thought of like talking to snakes they thought it was just another bad luck thing or just like you know magical ability but no the reason why this is so significant if if you are a part of head you know that talking to snakes is quote unquote kind of like a sin or like the traits of a dark wizard like you know um you know, related to Salazar Slytherin, which is like, you know, which he has the ability to talk, uh, talk to snakes, Parseltongue, which is uh, addressed in the next book or the next movie. But just mentioning this, even though it was like a small, you know, small sort of event, this is actually a big deal, which wouldn't be addressed throughout the, the throughout the whole book until the next one. So that is like the big significance that I found. Um, but yeah, that is it. My, uh, review of the vanishing glass of the chapter, the second chapter of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Anyways, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like this podcast, click follow on whatever podcast services you are listening to this to share this podcast to any Potter heads out there. It really means a lot to me. And I hope that this podcast continues to grow and grow. But yeah, until next time, farewell, my fantastical people. Mischief managed.